Hi, everybody. We are back on the V12 podcast, and we're so excited to be with you guys again. It is a beautiful week. It's rainy today, but it's really nice outside, so I hope you guys are enjoying the week. Um, I am enjoying podcasting. I found this to be really fun, and so thanks for joining in with us on this one. We are right in the middle of a series on stewardship, which at the heart of it really means that we use what we have for God's glory. And so we've been talking about how to do that with different things in our lives. And today we are talking with a special guest about how to do that with money and how to be good stewards of the money that God has given us and how to use it well for him and for his kingdom. And so, um, yeah, I guess I get to introduce my guest. I was going to make it like a really secretive thing, but I think we should just say that we're here with Alice. So Alice, say hi to everybody. Guys, I'm so excited to be here and just talk to you about money and stewarding it well. So Jordan, thank you for inviting me and hi guys. Alice, we are connected via webcam right now. We are not together for safety reasons, but dude, it's so it's so fun every time we get to talk. Like I wish everyone could hear the previous 10 minutes of us just making fun of like each other and your cat and everything because it's always fun to talk to you. So thank you for for being here. And you have lots of money wisdom. So I'm really glad that you're with us. Thanks. I'm super pumped. And my cat is also really pumped to be here, guys. So um, you can't see her, but she's beautiful and she loves you. And um, we're just pumped. Well, I think one out of the two of those things is true. So okay. we'll let Never. you figure out which one it is. Okay. So Alice, we have you on today because I was thinking about stewarding money and who would be good at that? And I know that that's a passion of yours and something you have a lot of experience in and something you are really good at. And so I think that you are the perfect guest for this. And so what we want to do is first, I just want to start by kind of taking us through what God says about money mm-hmm. um, in his word and what his opinions about how we should spend it and and save it are. And then we'll kick it over to you for some practical real life advice. Is that a good plan? Sounds awesome. I'm asking, but you're the guest on this show, so you really don't have a choice. But thank you for being in accordance with with what I want to do. You're welcome for now. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> okay. All right. So I just want to start with a few questions that we, we all have about money and just see what God's answers are to them. So first of all, let's ask the question, why? Why does God care what we do with our money? In Matthew 6, 21, he tells us that wherever your treasure is, that is where the desires of your heart will be also, or some people say, um, wherever your treasure is, that is your heart will be also. That's basically the same thing. Um, but basically what he's saying is whatever you spend your money on, what do you, whatever you invest yourself in financially, that's where your heart is going to follow. So if you're spending a lot of money on something, you're not going to be able to help, but to care about it really deeply and for it to really capture all of you. Um, and so God knows that if we make a habit of using our money to build the kingdom, and to glorify him that our heart is going to follow suit. And that's what he ultimately wants for us is um, for us to love him because that's when we're at our best. He also says in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, he says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best parts of everything that you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So first of all, going back to, we talked about first fruits last week. So that's a first fruits thing right there, using your best for God. And just looking again at why he wants us to do this. Because when we do this, when we give him our best, he is then able to bless us. And that's how God wants to bless us. It's not through um, 
it's not through our own means. It's through us giving away what we have and then he taking that and turning it around into a blessing for us. So in our generosity, we are blessed and God knows that. So that's that's a few of the whys as far as why he cares about how we spend our money. Um, really quickly, where do we see this in the Bible? There's this big thing about, you know, in church, giving a tithe, giving an offering. How much are we supposed to give? What do we mm-hmm. owe God? And I, I feel like a lot of us are really muddy on this, Alice. Do you, I mean, as someone in the church, do you feel like there's some amount of like ambiguity with this where people are kind of wondering, what should I give or how much do I have to give? Yeah, I think um, definitely as someone who's starting to give, there's, you're like, what am I supposed to do? Um, and I know you're going to explain like where we should start and typically like what's a general rule of thumb. But yeah, there definitely is. There's no, uh, nothing in the Bible that says like, don't give away all of your income, right? Like if that's what he's calling you to do, that might be what you need to do. Yes. That's what we're saying. All of you right now, give away everything, sell your PS4, go into poverty. No, we're just kidding. Not, but you're right. Be obedient to whatever God tells you. And that's part of what we're going to talk about. So let's start at the beginning. Um, a word that we've all heard if we've been in church is this word tithe which essentially is an Old Testament word. Um, In the Old Testament, God asked the Israelites to give a tithe or literally a tenth of what they had to the temple, to bring it there and to give it to the temple. And this was for a few reasons. One, to support the Levites, who were the people who maintained the temple and who were the priests there, um, because that was their job. Another one was that the temple would use that money to to give to the poor. So you were also supporting the poor by doing that. And then lastly, if there was any kind of upkeep that was needed in the temple, it would go towards like maintenance costs and things like that. So the tithe was how God uh, maintained the temple and paid for the priests and all that. And it was the system that the Israelites had. And so you can see this a lot of places in the New Testament. They talk about it. Um, if you're writing down notes and you want to go back and check out these later, I'll just tell you quickly, Leviticus 27.30 Numbers 18.26, Deuteronomy 14.24, and Second Chronicles 31.5 are all good examples of what we're talking about here. So if you want to dig deeper into the context of this quick flyover that we're doing, those are good places to do that. Um, okay, so in the New Testament, there is no place that tells us to give 10%. Um, there's no place that says you have to give a tithe. This is the exact number to give. Um, but what it does do is it, it gives us advice on how we should give. So a few places it does that. Um, in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, it says that we should give in keeping with our income. So if you make a lot of money, you know, your giving should reflect that. If it's a really hard time for you and you're not making anything or you're making a really little amount, it's okay that your giving reflects that, that, it sh- that your giving should keep in step with your income. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says that we should give um, cheerfully, that God loves a cheerful giver. So if we're going to give money, to the church, to, to some organization or some cause um, in the kingdom, that we should do it joyfully. Like it should make us smile and excited that we're getting to contribute. If we do it with, you know, an angry heart or resentment, or we drag our feet on it, then God says, keep your money. I don't even want that money. That's not what it's about. So a cheerful giver is what God is after. And then also in James 1, 5, it says we can even ask God for wisdom on what to give to or how much to give. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, we have a generous God who will give it to you graciously. And so if any of us have questions on how much to give or we're unsure of that, it says, go to God with that. Now, many people in church, 
and Alice speak to this if you want to, but many people in church, they they tend to just do the math on what their income is and to give 10% and call that a tithe and feel good about that, which there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but at least for me growing up, you know, you you cut your paycheck into tenths. And so you give a tenth and that was your tithe. And then if you wanted to give anything extra on top of that, that was called an offering. I don't know if that's how other people do it, but that's kind of what I grew up with. And I think that's what most people's mentality is these days in the church is that the tithe is kind of like the bare minimum. And if I want to give extra, like that's that we call that offering. And that's kind of on top of that. I just want to reiterate Nowhere in the Bible does it say to do that for us. We are not commanded by God to be like the Israelites and to give 10%. That was something he had for them nowhere in the New Testament. Um, when when we're talking about how Christians should give, does it, does it advocate that? So do not feel like you have to do that. That's the model for a lot of people. I think it's way more important that we stay in step with um, the verses we just listed and also Jesus's teaching on giving than adhering to any specific number because – when you get to heaven, God isn't going to say, hey, this was your tithe. Did you meet that number? He is not going to care one bit about that. He's going to look at your heart and he's going to look at um, your motivation for giving. And that's going to be a much bigger deal to him. So really quickly, I want to say just a couple more things and then we're going to kick over to Alice. But I think it's so key that we look at just a few spots where Jesus talked about money because he did talk about money. It wasn't something he shied away from. It was something that he had a model for and he wanted um, us to follow in that. So if you have your Bible, you can flip to just quickly or just mark it for later. But Luke eleven forty two, Jesus has some stern words here. He says, he's talking to the Pharisees and he says, what sorrow awaits you Pharisees for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. And so Alice, we just see like the heart of Jesus right here. He says, yeah, you guys tithe, you know, even the smallest amount, you are really, really careful to tithe everything you should. But when it comes to caring about people, you don't. And that's what I care more about. And so we see God's heart here that like, even if we tithed every single thing and we gave even maybe more than we should, um, it's not about that for him. It's more about it's more about our heart and do we care about justice and do we care about the poor and do we care about what God is doing in his kingdom. And then one more spot. We won't go to everything, but just one more spot where Jesus talks about money is still in Luke. Luke 21, 1 through 4. It says, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. If you go back to the original language, it was like the smallest coins. Um, it was like the smallest amount of money you could give. And so Jesus says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she poor as she is, has given everything she has. And so just that principle, once again, Jesus, God, the Holy spirit, they're not concerned with the amount that you write in the check. Um, God is more concerned with your heart attitude. And, you know, if you make a hundred thousand dollars, and you're giving 20 bucks a week to the church, you know, God's not mad about the amount of money. He's mad about your heart behind it. And, you know, adversely, if you have a part-time job working at DQ, you know, you're Meg Metzger getting like six hours a week at DQ, but you are still giving part of that small amount to the church or to some something that serves the kingdom, man, God is like, wow, even you, you know, you brought your two coins. And so it's just, it's going to be a blessing for sure. So ATJ, any... Yes. 
into that? That was a lot of talking from me, but I don't know anything from you in there. Okay. So the first verse in Luke that you were talking about, um, you had just mentioned like God really cares about your heart and the reason that you're giving. And I think that goes back to another verse where he says, okay, you do all these things and you do them in my name, but if you don't love others, this means nothing. Right. Yeah. And I think that just lines up perfectly. It doesn't matter how much or what you're giving to if like you're not happy about it and you're not doing it with a cheerful heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like in everything else, it's totally about what's on the inside because we know that in the end, there are going to be people who gave millions of dollars to the church mm-hmm. who don't go to heaven because it's not about the dollar signs, right? And we're also going to see lots of people who couldn't afford to give very much who are going to be the most honored in heaven, right? So it is so not about any legalistic amount. It is really about, you know, are you giving um, cheerfully what you feel like God is asking you to? That's really the heart of what we're after here. So. Yeah, yeah, thanks for thanks for bringing that verse up. That was a great that was a great supporting verse right there. That was awesome. Yeah, and I think I just really love um the widow's heart. Like you were talking about if you get like a hundred thousand dollars and you're only giving twenty, like she only had, you know, two pennies and she gave it all and trusted that the Lord would provide for her. And um I just think that's so genuine and like faith filled and like I wanna live like that woman. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I think you're spot on. Okay, so I have given us some biblical background, but Alice, you are, we've brought you in for your wisdom. So you are living this though. Um, So can you give us like some practical advice? If we ask you a few things, just can we call on your wisdom now financially? Okay, good. Try. Okay, so let's just start ATJ with some general thoughts on like money and giving and being wise financially, do you just have anything broadly that these students should know? Yeah, guys. Um, if you don't already know money can like creep in and just distort who God wants you to be and you can, um, idolize it and put it above God. Um, there's a verse that really, uh, has spoken to me. And it's Ecclesiastes 5.10. It says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. And um, I've just learned that from, you know, high school, working part-time, working through college, and then finally getting a full-time job. um, Yes, I've always had enough to meet my needs, but I always want more. Like, I don't think that I will ever not want more money. Um, and so I think you just need to know that ahead of time and then, um, make a plan for it, like for what you're going to do with your money. Um, because money is a tool that God is giving us to like further his kingdom. And he's allowing us to partake in that. Um, it's not to, you know, hedge ourselves and make sure we're protected. So, um, just be aware that money, yeah. It's, it's just a resource and you should not love it above all else. Yeah, it is just a resource, but you're right. We so often turn it into like a bigger thing than God intended it to be for us. So keep the important things important and keep the secondary things secondary. That's a good word. Okay. You have lived on your own. I mean, you have a, a roommate and a cat. Um, 
yeah. Lucy, who Lucy's 12 now. So that's pretty old for cats, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. She, is she going to be around for a while? Is she in good health or are we like? Um, I think she's going to be around for a while. I got her in August, so she's going to be 13 in August. So really hope she makes it to like 21, you know? Yeah, you could set like a world record. Like I think the world record's like 30 or something. So you could you really take care of her, ITJ. Right, you could have her for a while. She looks pretty she looks pretty like alive and like excited about life right now. So Yeah, except if you yeah, if you see her now. Oh yeah. Well she's napping now, but earlier she was like spry and you know true. excited. So true, true. Dang it. Okay, I don't know how we got on that rabbit trail. Um I was asking you about something and I living on my own. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. You're living on your own. So when no one is looking over your shoulder, how did you go about steward or stewarding your money? Well, cause like these students, they've probably got parents who are asking them to save, or they know that if they spend money on something dumb, their parents are going to let them hear about it. So how did you living on your own learn to make good financial decisions for yourself? Sure. So, um, it was definitely hard at first. Um, I would occasionally like spend way more money on like Nike running shorts than I should. Um, and then being on my own, I learned, okay, I have to take care of these expenses by myself. Um, and so I started to seek out some counsel from people that were farther along in their walk and just what, what are they doing and how are they making ends meet and kind of resisting those impulsive urges that aren't necessary. Um, and the best advice that I was given was make a budget. Um, so this discipline of making a budget, so taking the income that I'm going to get or your allowance or whatever whatever you've got, um, and then start deducting your expenses from it. Um, start, you know, start thinking about tithing um, as an expense, like something that you're just going to do. It takes out the um, the temptation to one, think that your money is yours and it's going to build a good discipline for you for when you're working full-time and you're getting a lot more income that you're still going to be giving consistently. Um, and I think that just helps protect your heart too. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I had written down too, is that start giving early so it becomes a habit and it doesn't have to be a hard choice later in life because if you just start doing it now, it's going to be way easier, right? Um, so yeah, that's something that I started young and it just is a habit now. And it would be tempting to not give that money to God if I had to make that choice all the time. But it's just like, I've always done it. It's something I'm going to do. And so not giving myself even the chance to think about it is really, I don't know, like making that habit in my life has been really helpful. So I agree. We ingrain that in Maggie too. We we put her food down in front of her every night for dinner and then we take a tenth of her food away. So that's... For temple upkeep? Yeah, for temple upkeep. That's a tenth of your pasta. We're going to need that, Maggie. So pass that over. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, Alice, tell us about your experience in giving to the church. When did you start? How did you know when to start and how did you know what to give? Mm -hmm. And how has that kind of progressed into your approach to it now? Yeah, so um, I became a believer late – high school and, um, started working a, a part-time job. Um, and after that I had talked to some people and they had mentioned tithing and that I should probably start doing that regularly. Um, 
And they had mentioned like start when you have little, like we said, so it's not a temptation to not give when you have more. Um, so I just started out by uh, tithing 10% of my my take home pay. Um, so if I got $100 from working at the DQ, because legit worked there. Um, you worked at DQ? Yeah. I worked at DQ. Yes. Wait, haven't we talked about this before? Probably. That's why we're brothers and sisters in Christ and DQ. Dude, all the cool kids work at DQ. It's true. Did you have the hat or the visor? Uh, neither. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got to get back on track. You're right. Sorry. Glad you're here. Okay. Thank you. Um, so anyways, I started with the 10% and then, um, obviously I had like expenses like car insurance and I had to pay for gas and things like that. Um, and I was really just challenged to start giving 10% of my gross income. So the income before taxes were taken out. And that was a really good, uh, it just stretched me because I was like, no, that's more of my money. And God was like, Hey, Alice, that's not your money. And it was just a really good practice for me to, to give up that control. So now I just look at it as like, I used to be like, Oh, I have to give this money. I'm, I'm I need to do it. I know it's good for me, but now I'm like excited. Um, and I look for opportunities of where I can do it outside of, you know, just my 10%. Um, there's a verse that is really stuck true to, to like, I don't know, just my stage in life. And it's um, Acts 2, 44 through 45. It says, all the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and to give to anyone who had need. Um, and I would just say in this stage of my life, like I don't have kids. I have minimal expenses. Like God has blessed me and put it on my heart to bless others. Um, and the, they did this in the New Testament. The early church did this. So um, it's just exciting to now be in a place where I'm happy to give and, and looking forward to that. Yeah, that's awesome. So a few action steps for students because we love to give students practical ways to walk this out. So I would say start making giving a habit. Mm-hmm. If- if you have a job, for sure. If you don't have an income, it's tough. But if you have a job, start make – start – what am I trying to say? Words are hard. Um, start making giving a habit right now so mm-hmm. that it's not harder later. And then it sounds like a big piece of advice you had was maybe make a budget just mm-hmm. to try and get in that habit if you can – because you – I mean kids probably don't have a lot of expenses right now. But just getting in that mode um, might be wise. Anything else like that? you know, walking away, these students could try and do to, to yeah. be good stewards. So guys, like we talked about, make a plan for your money. Um, no matter what income you're getting, or even if it's allowance, just start figuring out what you're going to do with it. What are your plans in the future? And what do you want to be saving for? Um, and then start giving something. It doesn't need to be X percent of your income. Um, especially if you have expenses and this is a new thing for you, you don't need to just right away, start giving away a hundred bucks when you were using that for, you know, your car payment or whatever. Um, but do start making it a habit. And then third, I would just start paying attention to what stirs your heart. Um, as far as like, um, for me, um, like ending sex trafficking and human trafficking overall, like that is something really important to me. Um, and so just start paying attention to what God is like making you sensitive towards and start, like devoting your time and your money and your prayers to those things. Totally. So as we wrap up, 
want to reiterate and just make sure we all understand that God is not after our money. He doesn't even really need our money. He can accomplish what he wants to, whether or not we give. But part of the joy of giving and being partners with him and restoring the the world back to himself is that we get to be a part of what he's doing, that we get to play a role. And like Alice said, when you find something that he has put on your heart, sex trafficking, um, social justice, whatever it is, and you get to give to that or serve in some way um, to make that happen, it's better than having money in your bank account. The feeling you get, the uh, the the knowledge that you are partnering with God and working on something that he is doing in the world is so much more fulfilling than a paycheck. And we're not saying give everything, but talk to God about what is right for you to give and get get serious about doing it. So this is, once again, not a command to start giving, no matter what, if you're at home and you don't have a job and you only have like $50 to your name, we're not saying go out and give a tenth of that right now. But we're saying is start thinking about how you want to use your money in the future. Start thinking about how you want to give in the future and just be aware that the way that we view money really affects us spiritually and that it is so much better to give cheerfully than it is to give uh, big amounts, bigly, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, and so what is God calling you to do? He's calling you to be a cheerful giver, not necessarily a huge giver. So, um, yeah. And just find whatever you're passionate about, whether it's never too young or, you know, uh, social justice or sex trafficking or food for students or whatever, find what it is and give your money to that. Okay. Um, we are at 25. So Alice, any, like anything you wrote down that you didn't get to say that you want to wrap up with or. Yeah. I just want to finish up with Ephesians 2.10. Yeah. Um, go for it. It says we are, or sorry, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, so I just want you to like, remember that what you're going to give, he already knows about. Um, so just lean into him and find out what, what he's wanting you to give to. Um, and we're just so excited to see how um, this takes takes root in your lives and, and what you do with it, guys. For sure. Guys, this has been another great podcast. I'm always amazed at how much fun and good stuff we can fit into 25 minutes. Sorry if we went a little bit over, but um, Alice had a lot of good things to say. So Alice, thank you for being here, man. It was so fun to chat with you. It was great. Okay. Any last words, Alice? You get You get the last word on the podcast here. Peace out, Girl Scouts. (laughs) Peace out.